listening to Daily Note, presenting by Almost Sideways. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark side. You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I went. Shall we begin? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast. My name is Adam. These are my daily notes where I have fun conversations, and we are joined once again by Todd Pugnett, the main host of the, the the bigger, the better, the A-list show. How are you doing, Todd? Oh, I'm doing great, Adam. How are you? It's always a pleasure having you here. I'm doing really well. We saw the Batman last night, and I know you guys are reviewing that on the show, and I'll review it on this episode, but I'll, I'm going to use my time more wisely when talk about the other movie first. So you don't spoil your reviews. Is cool. it was it a good movie or a bad movie? That's that's. Are you able to? Oh, it, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a thumbs up for sure. Add a boy. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Me too. I have a, a thumbs up. Uh, probably my favorite film this year, but I've only seen like seven movies. So <laughs> take it with a grain of salt there. But anyway, uh, this week has been really fun. We we're going to be talking about Grindhouse this week. The uh, 2007 film we we're finally paying off the uh the spin of the wheel from a few weeks ago so I, that we knew we had to get todd on we were able to get the uh, spirit award conversation out of the way and now we're here talking about the uh, grindhouse with death proof and planet terror today so really excited mm-hmm. i know the uh, spirit awards are this tonight uh, any early uh are you excited to watch the show there todd oh yeah of course like i, I love that that ceremony every year it's one of my one of my favorites because highlights the movies that i love exactly i have a feeling that we talked about the last week too uh the lost daughter probably gonna take i have a feeling that they're gonna lean to that movie might be a best picture best director which is not yeah i've seen the odds have uh have come on come on and the lost daughter are both pretty pretty substantial favorites over zola which i I don't really understand all the lead nominations. So, but hey, I mean, they're. I mean, if they if they want to go the Oscar route, then they'll do that. But that's not usually the way that it goes. Yeah, that it is. It's weird, but it's just cool to be able to vote. And we that last two hour conversation we had about the Spirit Awards last uh, last week was pretty dang awesome. So definitely check it out if you haven't. The Spirit Awards are tonight, so or the day that we're recording it. So. They pass by the time you listen to this, hopefully. But anyway, um, let's jump into our conversation, shall we? Before we start our conversation of the movie, what are we drinking, Todd? Uh, I have some moonshine. This is Southern Moon Moonshine Apple Pie flavored 100 proof, which you don't normally get as sugary 100 proof apple pie. So it it actually is really good. Nice. I just got myself a little spice rum and uh, Pepsi, but... Still does good. I got some cracking. I was like, "What do I want to drink today?" I was like, "Oh, I'll put throw some uh, rum into uh, some soda." So lovely. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. So anyway, so now let's jump into our main conversation of what we're going to be talking about, and that is the 2007 double feature of Grindhouse with Planet Terror and Quentin Tarantino's film Death Proof. Planet Terror was directed by Robert Robert Rodriguez. It was called The Grindhouse. Theaters that played back-to-back movies featuring uncensored sexuality and hardcore thrills. Now, Tarantino and Rodriguez are bringing The Grindhouse back with two explosive feature films. First, they're stealing biochemical weapons. When the laws of science are broken, the last hope for humanity rests in the hands of a few. Doc Block, his prescription, pain. We're gonna lose the arm, Joe. What do you mean, lose arm? My arm? Dakota, one hot mama who knows the score. If anyone comes to the door, I want you to run. What if it's dad? Hello, baby. Especially if it's your dad. El Rey, cross him and it's lights out. And Cherry Darling. I made you something. She tastes like trouble. With an attitude to boot. In Robert Rodriguez, Planet Terror. Then. 
buckle up, because a new kind of terror is coming at 200 miles per hour. Ladies, we're gonna have some fun. There are a few things as fetching as a bruised ego on a beautiful angel. Is that cowboy wisdom? I'm not a cowboy, Pam. I'm a stuntman. Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. This car is 100% death proof. Only to get the benefit of it, honey, you really need to be sitting in my seat. Two adrenaline-fueled roller coasters. One ticket to ride. In two and a half hours of pure dynamite, planet terror and death proof. Only at the Grindhouse. Uh, anyways, I've never seen this film, so my quick little overall thoughts before we jump into Todd's thoughts was, this was a fun ride. I don't understand why I didn't watch these movies for the longest time until this year. Uh, I think Planet Terror is my favorite one out of the two. However, they are both unique in their own right. Uh, well, yeah, their own way. And it was definitely really fun to see the different styles of filmmaking into this double feature. So I, I don't really know too much like how this got came to be or whatever. But uh, Todd, what are what are your quick thoughts on this before we kind of go into each film individually? Uh, so yeah, I I love this this. Uh double feature like i mean when i saw this in theaters back in 2007 it was probably my favorite movie going experience of my life and it was it, the theater was not very full this movie did not do very well at the box office but there's something about being enveloped in this movie at a theater with, that was just so amazing like like um right down to like how how death proof ends like it's like it's like you just are roaring the whole time like and the, the disgustingness of planet terror like everything about it just it works together so well it's like you know two two completely different kinds of schlocky horror-ish kind of kind of thing and uh yeah it, it's just movie going bliss and i i i haven't actually revisited the entire uh three hour thing uh since then because it's kind of hard to get your hands on a copy of that but uh, I, I've seen the, them individually, especially plan, uh, Death Proof. I've seen probably, you know, six or seven times since then. Is uh, Death Proof your favorite one of the uh, the two, or? Well, see, coming out of the movie the first time, like Planet Terror was definitely the one that stood out because, and I and I named this movie the, the Grindhouse. I named it the the funniest movie of the two thousands because pretty much of Planet Terror, and like the whole time you're just like laughing at how ridiculous it is, but. Since then, I have come to uh, really appreciate Death Proof, and I, I'm obsessed with everything Tarantino does. And I think this is actually like it, it ranks with his, you know, like right in the middle of his filmography. Yeah, the uh, as of now, I think like I said Planet Terror is probably my favorite one. It's definitely the total a tonal shift from Death Proof, but there are some really fun things. Kurt Russell's like eating every uh, ounce of screen time he has. He's just having a blast. You could tell. I, I don't think I've seen him have that much fun since I've seen like Ego when he plays Guardians of the Galaxy too. Like he's, you can tell he's having a blast with that movie, and then he's having an even better time with this Tarantino movie. I think that was pretty amazing uh, casting as stunt my, stunt man Mike. Yeah, when well, and, and, uh, it pays off in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's playing like the like him and Zoe Bell are both playing like stunt oh, coordinators yeah. and and stuff together. When at this point, like they're at odds with each other and yeah tarantino loves to do that kind of thing see that's i didn't pick up on that well obviously because i've seen it much later but that's awesome i probably would have not need to watch once upon a time in hollywood just to pick up on that again see that interaction that's that's pretty awesome so let's uh let's break down the uh, two films here and let's start off with planet terror the robert rodriguez film Okay, so Planet Terror is directed by Robert Rodriguez and stars Rose McDow McGowan, Freddie Rodriguez, Josh Brolin, Marley Shelton, Jeff Faley, Michael Bean, Bruce Willis, and there's Fergie's in there. Uh, there's probably so many more people in there that we haven't. Michael Parks, also Tarantino, uh, makes an appearance in his own movie. Go That's figure. The, or next 
the rape as the rapist. Yeah, that's perfect casting. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Planet Terror is one I didn't really know. I just knew this movie as the the movie with the lady with the machine gun leg. So I just thought, like I remember watching the trailers way back when this came out, but obviously never went to the theaters. Obviously, so I didn't really know that she wasn't going to have the machine gun leg the whole entire time. Uh, so that was I was kind of disappointed a little bit about that, but leading up to it, that point, it was it's, it, it pays off. So this film is about uh, it's I don't know there's a bunch of different storylines, but essentially it's about these survivors trying to survive getting out of this town from this uh, these zombie-like creatures trying to destroy everything and uh, beat them up. There's also sex like military uh, the subplot too with these different chemical um, chemical elements and stuff. It's, it's, I guess, the best way to describe it, I guess. what? Any other insights on that? <laughs> I, I was trying to actually figure this out earlier today. I The, the plot doesn't necessarily matter, I feel like. like yeah, I each individual that. scene is is kind of different and uh, like not related to the one before. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff going on, but I don't think the plot necessarily matters in this movie. Just, just go no going into it. There's a lot of Cronenberg like esque '80s horror there. Like, there's a lot of like just gross out things that makes you want to squirm and like look away. I feel, and I feel like if Cronenberg had done something in this movie, like that's it would have been awesome. It would have been it kind of totally homage to him. I feel too, like with this like this movie for the fly, and I know that plays a lot of homage to older horror films too, where they can be able to do gross out horror stuff like that but immediately my thought went to Cronenberg with you know with him doing the fly and then also um his son doing possessor a few years ago too a lot of similar like just in your face gross out things happening on screen and I was totally on board for it yeah I didn't I didn't really uh pick up on the Cronenberg connection but yeah you're totally right I I think it's a lot like uh, a, some of other Rod of Rodriguez's movies like there's some definitely like from dust till dawn kind of yeah. like splatter violence in there and like uh, like in sin city there's that scene where the infected guy like loses his balls and like or, and then there's another scene like that in, in planet terror like i mean it's just is it, it, it's like combining a bunch of these like things that he probably had in his head and it's just like okay i'm just gonna go for it with this one just ridiculous hour and 30 minute you know horror fest that i mean i'm glad i'm glad that that, that tarantino and rodriguez decided to do it because otherwise like i mean these kind of things just we don't get this, this was this came out of time when like zombie movies were still not really in so yeah that is true i think really zombie movies kind of took off when like i would say like this Shaun of the dead maybe could have been around there and Zombieland was shortly after and they kind of and 28 days later kind of around there it, around that they all came around at the same time which this was just before it's before that really got going i think if this was maybe released individually it probably would have done a lot a little better maybe i know that from what i was reading like overseas it was split up it wasn't just like a double feature like it was in here in the states that so makes sense yeah because this is a total like old school american thing to do to have a a grindhouse double feature like this so yeah, but I mean, it was the the full experience of watching this in the theater with with the trailers between the you know Don't and Thanksgiving and Werewolf Woman of the SS and uh, uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. Like, I mean, it, it's just some it's something else the way they put this together. And I'm also glad to actually have watched it in the theater because I mean, I know it wasn't around very long in the theater. So yeah, that I mean, must if, it, if it was separate, then it would have been a little bit different. I could see this eventually, like it would be cool, like on an anniversary for them to actually put out. It's like, oh, come, come back to the theater, like having this get re-released into theater as a three-hour thing. I think it people would actually start going to it probably now. Uh, maybe not as they, I don't know. Like, they can't do any worse than it was before. I guess do like one like with special screenings, like the one night only type of things. They probably could get it. People in. Oh yeah, and Tarantino course. is at the height of his powers right now. Like his movies after this one became like his biggest box office hits of his career. So, I mean, I think just on name alone, they probably would do pretty good business putting this out like marketed like that. And I mean, Rodriguez has always been his own brand too. Yeah. And Rodriguez now has the star Wars notoriety too, because he's been did a book of Boba Fett. And I think he's done either. I don't know if he's done Mandalorian, but I know he did a couple episodes of the book of Boba Fett on Disney plus this year too, which 
those episodes are definitely different than the other ones, which because it's his own style. So, but anyway, back to Planetary here. Uh, this some of my favorite parts of this this things are when they're the guys try, trying to decipher like how to make the perfect barbecue sauce. Like that was completely like a random like little story there, but I was all on board for it. I just wanted him to figure out the right amount, like the right perfect sauce there for his barbecue cookout cookouts and such. That was pretty fun, entertaining stuff. But but uh, I, if I had to pick one of my favorite characters, I think Freddie Rodriguez as this like you know outlaw type of gunslinger i thought every time he was on screen i just wanted to see more of what he was going to do and seeing his conflict with michael bean in there too is uh uh, pretty awesome i like that that little exchanges there how about yourself yeah seeing michael bean in uh in like a significant role is always fun i mean he doesn't get to do that very much anymore Fred rodriguez is definitely the star of this movie though i I thought he was going to be a big star after watching this because this is coming after his run on like six feet under and stuff and he 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 has he has the goods to be like a, a big movie star just and he never really has worked out for him for some reason but the parts with him are definitely the best i mean i i love rose mcgowan too and i don't know i mean to me the movie is just like one wild ride it, i i can't really pick out individual pieces of this movie that i would agree no, they can't, yeah they kind of just all flow into different things right like each scene kind of like one ups each other too it seems like it just gets completely bonkers and near the end you got like josh brolin running around looking like like the villain from green lantern where his head is just like so so big uh and uh but josh brolin in there i was not expecting him to be in this movie at all uh, when he p- appeared, I was like, holy sh- sh- shit. <laughs> cool. I expect Bruce Willis to be in something like this, <laughs> but not Josh Brolin. And Brolin uh, definitely uh, is uh, kind of lays throw through most of the movie, but he uh, he's pretty uh, scary when he's on on screen because you don't know what he's gonna, when he's gonna, when's he going to snap, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, his scenes were pretty weird. They're almost like something in Sucker Punch or something. And, uh, but yeah, he's he he's awesome, and uh, I, I I love also like the callbacks to the other movies, like uh, Michael Parks playing Earl McGraw again. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, he he it's always a pleasure to watch him in these movies, and and Tarantino is just probably if we were if we were doing our biggest douchebag, it'd definitely be Tarantino. Like I mean, just like the slimiest, most disgusting rapist. Oh yeah, when he's like <laughs> he just he just eats it on. up too. Yeah, he's like, put the mask back on. I don't. I can. I can make it work. I can make it work. And it's just, oh, you just like the whole imagery of that, the whole scene that he's on. It's just. My wife and I were like, uh, <laughs> watching it. It was, it was gross. It was. It was definitely gross. But he got what he, he got. What was coming to him. So I don't mind. It, it's okay to see that. <laughs> it, the whole the uh, whole the d- disease too is pretty ridiculous. That happens. It's like it's like a flesh eating disease. It starts like eating you up from the inside out. It seems like that was a pretty interesting, uh, like the design of what they were. These kind of quote unquote zombies villains were like too. It was well, definitely some gross out stuff there that I uh, definitely played really well on the screen. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a different idea, and it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense, probably scientifically. But I mean, it it, it does work really well in this type of environment. Yeah. What what do, what do you think about how the movie was shot? Because like I remember when watching this in the theater, they had to warn you that like the the screen is supposed to look like that. You know, if it says that there's a missing reel, it's because that that's you know that's part of the movie. Did did you did you like that? Did you like feeling like you were watching a drive-in or something? So. At first, I I got I totally got the aesthetic of the the looking like a drive-in, like an old-timey movie, which I was I I dug, I, I I liked it and didn't really take me out of the experience whatsoever. But when like a missing reel happened, I was like, was that supposed to happen? And then it just goes to something else. Like after like the, it cut out like the missing reel of the sex scene or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, oh okay, cool, All right, whatever. But it, it was definitely caught me off guard. But at the same time, I was like, what was I expecting? It, it makes sense. It's supposed to feel like it's like an older film. So that kind of stuff happens all the time. So I I was pretty on board with it. See, but I mean, so it caught you off guard. And that's someone like you that knows that that's what you're supposed to expect from this kind of thing. So you could see why the movie probably didn't do that well. <laughs> It'd be, yeah, 
a normal movie person going in there being like, what the hell is going on with this movie? It's not, it's also bad quality or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, I just paid my like, back in 07, it's like eight bucks a tip. I just paid my eight bucks to get in this theater and it's like <laughs> raining footage. Eight bucks. Everybody's laughing at home because I just paid freaking 15 bucks just for to see the Batman at a decent time <laughs> yesterday. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was definitely different, but it, it worked in a way that they made it their own thing and it, it, it played kind of perfectly for this one. I was expecting uh, Death Proof to have the same aesthetic. It just had a little different, it was a little different. So, right. What other thoughts you got on it? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, obviously the movie is the calling card is the, uh, is Rose McGowan with their machine gun leg and which becomes like a mini gun and like uh, those scenes are just crazy and awesome and it, it doesn't make any sense because she doesn't she's not actually pulling the trigger at any time but that's just like the kind of like movie thing you just got to accept then that, that kind of stuff is just it's just i mean it's brilliant i mean whoever thought of that like i mean obviously it was rodriguez but i mean you're you're a genius and i also love that rob rodriguez's character's name is el ray and then that's the the name oh no he froze you're back. Yeah, you're back now. What did you hear last? I like how it's El Ray and then the Frodo. Oh, well, El Ray is the name of the Robert Rodriguez character, or the Freddie Rodriguez character. And that's Robert Rodriguez's channel that he created, the, the El Ray network uh, that he created like years after this, which I, Tarantino always thought was funny because he's like, he's like, man, that was our biggest flop of our careers. And then you decided you're going to take that shit and make your own channel called the El Ray network, doubling down on that. You like that, like you know, balls on you for that, and I, I, I love that. And it, uh, I mean, I don't know why his name is El Ray, or why that that's what he decided to make his channel. But those guys create their own universe and their own brands, and it's it's awesome. And it's uh, taking a chance on yourself too, and just saying, I don't care. This may be a, a flop, but somewhere down the line, it's going to have a cult following. I think that's what kind of where it's, this film's at now because of how it, the quote unquote flop it was back then so that it, i didn't know about the l ray channel so that's kind of interesting i may have to take take a look at take a gander at uh what he's got to offer there but yeah well that's what they the the what originally put out the from dust till dawn uh, tv series oh okay that's okay that that's pretty cool then didn't realize that was the what put it out that's still pretty interesting uh, but uh, any closing little comments or thoughts? Because this is for me, for Planetary, the first part of this, I was like three, three and a half stars. I didn't know how to rate this because obviously we had th like three different ratings on our, our website, almost sideways.com. Take a look at it. But you have the Grindhouse rating that you and Terry have, and you have this in your top 10 of that year. Then you have Zach who did Planetary one rating and then Death Proof one, one rating. So it's like I just sent Terry three different ratings. <laughs> it's like, we'll just put mine on there for all, all three of them. Yeah, I, I don't really know how to do that either. I don't even know how I have it in my own rankings, but Grindhouse is, is one of my favorite things ever. But Planet Terror, yeah, it's a, it's three and a half stars. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's pretty uh I think Grindhouse as a whole, I gave it three and a half stars as well, just because it's just it's a crazy experience that I want to go back and revisit, especially you know, I want to watch Death Proof again. We'll talk about that uh, going in the, in the next little segment here. But any uh, closing comments on Planet Terror before we move on to Death Proof? Well, no. I think we I think we go on. Yeah, we, we can go on. Okay. So Death Proof is the second part build in this Grindhouse double feature that we experienced. This one is directed by Quentin Tarantino, where he takes a lot of shots of feet again um <laughs> first <laughs> of course but no this one we follow uh the couple groups of uh female uh two different groups at different periods of time and they're being kind of hunted down in a way by stuntman mike played by kurt russell a uh, two different it's kind of two different movies here you get the first part where he's they're hanging out at this bar and they're with these of uh, this group of led by a radio DJ here and very interesting uh, interactions there at the bar. You have the second part too, where they're kind of just going on. It, it feels like more kind of a road trip type of movie with some actresses in Hollywood led by Rosario Dawson. And maybe you get Mary Elizabeth Weinstein in there. It's 
season two in there and being hunted. Early, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I knew who this was at the time. Yeah, that, I was like, wait, that's her. I didn't really quite realize that. But so getting hunted put down two different times by um, semi, stunt man Mike. I don't know why that's so hard to say. But anyway, a very interesting kind of, you know, bookended uh, story here, but very inter, inter, interesting and entertaining. It's a little bit, also a little different too, because it's a Tarantino movie. They have, have a, a lot of dialogue in this, this movie. What's your quick thoughts on this one? Yeah, th this this is just like one one just thrill ride. Like it, this is Tarantino making his 1970s car movie, and the the idea behind, you know. Uh, what a uh, ship's mast is is just is just awesome. I mean, I, I guarantee that was the Zoe Bell thing because I mean she was she was like the Uma's stunt double in the Kill Bill movies, and then she was in this. And I, I just love Zoe Bell. I think she's like good enough to be nominated for Best Supporting Actress for this. Mm. But and then now she's like Tarantino's go-to stunt coordinator. I guarantee that was something she came up with to be like, you know, what would be really fun is like, if I could do this and like and because you, you could tell she's really on the hood of that car, you know, and. Uh, like those kind of it's 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 ridiculous. Like this movie is is crazy. The the long sequences of dialogue are are fun and they're kind of quirky and it's something that Tarantino hasn't done before because it's um, all female based. And I remember people talking like, oh, you know, why is Tarantino making this movie about all these girls talking about girl things? Like, what does he know? And he and he would say like, you know, hey, like my best friends are females. This is the way females talk to each other. And he's like, like these things are very authentic. We've talked about these exact things and. Oh, it froze again. Okay. Are you you're back? Are you there? It's awesome. If if that is his thing and it's it's great. All right. You froze for a second there. <laughs> Wait, how, how much? Wait, you, the last thing I heard you say was is that, that the females talk like that. That's a very authentic thing. So it wasn't too long. Um, so Tarantino knows that that that's how females like uh, interact with each other. So to me, that felt really authentic watching those scenes. And then it goes from that into like this like nonstop action scene, and then it and then it shuts off, and then it goes to basically another kind of almost unrelated story, and kind of does the same thing again. And it's. I, I, but it, but it's it's brilliant and it's it's so much fun and the action is crazy, and it's I mean it, it's just Tarantino doing the kind of movie that he would love to watch, which I I really respect. Yeah, I, I so this one definitely caught me off guard because I was I watched it right after Planet Terror like you're supposed to, um, but it from the highs of Planet Terror down to here I was like this is very totally different i was expecting something a little more bonkers i think obviously the uh the rose mcgowan stuntman stuntman mike uh death sequence that the, the first one they get why wouldn't she get she gets in that car that it goes it's like holy cow what's going to happen you feel like kind of doom right away so i wasn't expecting the movie to be so talky i still enjoyed those parts i thought it was there's was some funny uh, nature in the, a lot of the dialogue it's very interesting i was intrigued throughout the whole first you know sequences and throughout the whole film too but right when she gets in that car and she's like yeah you had a 50 50 chance if you would have said left you wouldn't have been so scared right away until you realized something's about, about to happen but you said right so but we're going left so that uh i was like holy shit what's going on <laughs> what's gonna go down and then they they play the uh the death sequences like three times in a row four times in a row essentially but playing that in all slow motion i was like damn that was uh that was awesome how he shot that and so i was i was like this there's something interesting about this and then it goes to a completely different story where you're getting to know all these other characters again and i think those characters are even a little bit more interesting because those are more recognizable faces i think too but uh, rosario dawson I, everything that she's in i like i really like rosario dawson too i want to but seeing her and then young Mary Liz Winesett and then Zoe Bell and then I can't remember the other actress's name there. Um, Tracy Toms. Tracy Toms, yes. Uh, but all of their chemistry was uh, bloody fantastic and I just really enjoyed the second half of the movie a little more than the first half because I got a little more invested in the characters and seeing that whole action sequence where they're playing that 
that's like the dumbest game ever. Like playing on the hood of the car. <laughs> yeah. The dumbest game ever, but also brilliant because she definitely was on the car and seeing them try to survive and they think that she's dead. She's like, I'm okay behind the bushes. <laughs> Started laughing. And they go after him and he's uh some of Mike's like uh totally scared and bonk. It, it was definitely it, it it subverted my expectations, but got me hooked back again so i i was uh really happy so definitely a, a really fun time yeah tarantino's great at having those moments where the you get the cheer factor because like at that point like you're just like like in the theater it was like yeah and and especially like uh you know or, or like the the punchlines that that kurt russell has like you really got to be sitting in this seat or you know, or like his eventual demise, like when they, well, the the end shot of the foot going into his face was just like, I mean, I, I'm walking out of the theater. I, I just felt like I, I just won the lottery. I was like, that that was the greatest thing ever. You know, like Tarantino is so good at at doing that, and yeah, like there like no other director. Yeah, I, th- I think out of the two movies, this is the one that I've thought about more after the fact. But my first initial reaction was like, oh, that's it's a solid three movie three-star movie but at the, at the time though as you're thinking about it it's like oh, that was a lot better than actually it was like i think you know talk, especially talking uh, sharing my thoughts and talking with you about it i think death proof actually probably is the superior movie because there's so much more underneath the surface with the characters too but there's also so much the cheer factor too so yeah which is why these movies work so well together because like there's the shallow splatter movie that is just a ton of fun and absolutely hilarious and then you get this movie which is a different a different feel but has its own things going on as well so like the dialogue in this is what makes it and like it's an actual film when planet terror seems like some sort of an extended short but i mean it doesn't ever feel like it drags because it's just i mean batshit crazy yeah that it's which which side of this the storyline so you you fall more on do you like the the first part of it or the second part of it well i mean thinking back like i mean until i watched it the, just this week like i i would i would remember the earlier parts more the the jungle julia stuff and the lap dance and all, all the, like i remember those characters more but but now i mean fresh in my head is is uh the crazy action scene of the last 45 minutes of this movie so i i, I like them both equally but I, I think i probably would lean with the with the first part being uh the more lasting impact yeah that that is definitely the uh, case yeah i think the um both parts play really well on each other and they're both memorable in their own right but i think the, the scenes that got me, me thinking about them more is the second part because of that obviously the big ending set pieces i think those characters are a little more relatable or i i know them recognizable faces type of thing but that first part man that's a lot of fun still especially when they're being they're driving around and he's clearly just stalking them which is awesome and uh and then that they gets in the car and it's like yeah you should really be in my seat to have it be death proof and it's just oh so brutal and in your face i love i love it um more tarantino more yeah uh that's the, the bartender yeah yeah more tarantino which is the better uh the rapist or warren which is the better tarantino character oh the, the rapist is a better character <laughs> but yeah because yeah, i mean he's just so good at that i mean he's it, it's a it's a riff on his character in from dust till dawn really because i mean that character was basically a rapist too but there he's just I mean, yeah he's, he's going for it yeah that's true it, it's just he he's not the like the best actor but sometimes his uh his scenes are really memorable i I don't think he's really memorable in death proof but definitely in uh grind or planet terror he is and then obviously we're talking about like um pulp fiction he's really memorable as jimmy and and his coffee his coffee conversations and you got him as as, uh, mr pink and reservoir dogs you know and in glorious bastards or not no not glorious bastards but django unchained he's there not as memorable, but at least you know remember his conversation there. But that yeah, he's uh, he brings something to his uh, each film that he's in that is something unique and different every single time. Yeah, well, I, I think he's a he's a good actor. He's just a terrible with accents. So he, like his <laughs> yeah, it's a better point. His accent yeah. in Django is awful, and his accent in in, uh, in this like his Texas accent is kind of awful. But I mean, I think he does really <laughs> perform well otherwise. Yeah. I, 
I guess he had those Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Those characters are actually really dang good in their those ones. But then the other ones are like compared to those two, like nothing really compares. Like you can't really compare them to uh, to today's performances, I guess. Like, so maybe I'm being a little too hard, but still, he's creepy. He's he's a lot of fun. He's Tarantino <laughs> in his performances. Uh, so that talking about his uh, death proof car, I think that's something that we should talk about. I'm surprised we haven't done a power rankings for the best like movie cars because that would probably be up there. Like, I know this is like a, a tribute to like Christine, uh, the Stephen King, uh, you know, uh, book in um, who directed that movie. I know who directed it, it's around the tip of my tongue. Oh no, Christine, was that like a Carpenter movie? John Carpenter, yeah, that's who it is. Yes, Carpenter. Um, really awesome movie about a killer car. The car has a mind of its own, so it like starts driving. It's like possessed or whatever, and it kills people. And it's indestructible, essentially. Like it can be destroyed, and the next day it's back together. So uh, it's definitely a rift on that a little bit, and please tribute to that film. And both cars are amazing. I think Death Proof is, is cooler because it's being also driven by a car and then makes the person death proof as well who's driving it so a little bit more stakes there because you're not expecting him to survive it as well but it's it's bloody brilliant so I, I which, which one of his cars though he has two cars right he has the, he the chevy nova and then he has uh mm -hmm. the big old muscle car at the the second part yeah i liked his the, the nova the chevy nova the front i think the paint job in that was really cool but both cars are unique and different and that would be, I just think that's be a fun power ring because we haven't done yet. That's the best movie cars because there's some good ones. You can get, you can have two choices here because we don't do ties. We don't like ties. So you can have pick one, pick two as the same movie, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really a car guy, but I mean, I, I could definitely do that. Yeah. I'm not too into cars either the first one you would obviously go with the delorean from back to the future that's the probably one of the most memorable ones but but yeah the uh just movie cars or movie drivers yeah that that would it'd be fun uh, top top five stuntmen in movies there we go um <laughs> we gotta go with it um any closing thoughts on death proof before we wrap it up here this is just more Tarantino doing its thing. Like the, he's got some other actors he's used before. Eli Roth is in this, and uh, oh, you've got yeah, the, yeah. the the guy that's in like the Happy Madison movies. The uh, that is also in Kill Bill. He, that was gonna that goes to the morgue to uh, you know where Uma is. Yeah. You know, comatose. Like he's in there as Jasper, uh, and I I don't know. I mean, Tarantino was. I think he thought that this was going to be a huge hit. And I think that he thought that everybody was going to love whatever he loves and they didn't necessarily, but I still feel like this is a pretty, um, like a, a pretty fantastic uh, addition to his, to his filmography. And I I'm, I'm glad that he did it, even though he kind of wants to disown it at this point because it's his only flop. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer, but, um, I, one thing I didn't even didn't even bring up again either was that they did tie back into Planet Terror a little bit with Mary Shelton's character, uh, Marley Shelton, and then Parks and the mother Parks, Michael Parks and James Parks shows up there too. I thought I was like, wait, is this a prequel? Kind of as a prequel a little bit right before. So I, I thought that was that's why if I had a second like a split second where I thought I watched them out of order. I was like, wait a second, did I just accidentally do that? <laughs> But that was pretty cool too. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer that he is does quote unquote disown this one because it is his his flop. But I don't know. I have to look back to how I would rank the Tarantino movies because each one of them is unique and really good in their own right too. So it's it's just really tough to where I would rank them and which one would be the bottom one. And what actually is considered a movie? Because he has like, is Kill Bill one movie? Is this a movie necessarily? Is Four Rooms his part in that? Is that a movie? And so he says that he's done nine, but he also leaves us out where he could have only done like seven, but he also could have done 11. So I don't know. I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, the, you know, uh, I, I don't know where I would put this one. I don't know if it just would be my the bottom of his, his filmography. If we're considering nine, um, 
because like now I've officially watched all his movies, which is the ones that he considers his his movies, I guess. But it, it's still fast when we're debating which one is the worst movie, and it's not really just clearly clear cut as it like. You can't say James Cameron's worst movie is like Terminator 2 because it's clearly Piranha. You know, it's like you clearly know what the bottom film of that guy's filmography is. But Tarantino is a little harder to differentiate which one his worst one is because everybody has their own takes on it. So, Yeah, once it gets past like four or something, they're all just sort of in a tie for fifth. I don't really like to say that one is the worst, so I don't don't know how I would rank that. Yeah, his ranking will be, I don't know, because I, because Jackie Brown has really like grown on me as well, and because that one I definitely want to rewatch that again because I really like Jackie Brown, and then because that was the one that I hadn't watched before, I watched that last or no, two years ago. Now I finally watched this one, and even this one talking about it makes me like like this one even more. I think the same thing happened with Wild Indian too, but just talking about movies. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just so tough with his filmography because there's so many like iconic movies there that you kill. You have the Kill Bills, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Bastards, Django, Hollywood. There's too many good ones to pick from. Can't really say it's, it's like splitting hairs, pretty much. It is. I mean, for me, that I if I was gonna really rank them, I think Death Proof would probably be like six or so, but. If it was Grindhouse as a whole, it probably would be like four. Mm. Interesting. Nice. Well, which one's your favorite one? My favorite Tarantino movie? Yes. Oh, well, Pulp Fiction is my number four of all time. So I guess oh, that would yeah. have to do that. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs is currently... Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction are my one and two for that. I think I'm one of the few that have Reservoir Dogs over it. Because I've seen Reservoir Dogs the, the most which is also probably a weird thing to say too, but both of those movies are really great. Then like my softball team was named the Inglorious Batters. So it's in tribute of Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> so, and they, even our logo had the guy with the bat and it was barbed wire too. So it was like the bear tribute to the bear Jew. It was, it was pretty awesome. That is awesome. So, <laughs> but uh, and then our dog, our dog is named Django and yes, he's unchained. Uh, but <laughs> And yeah, so we, when we named him that, so it's like Tarantino is, uh, yeah, that's our that's our movie dog name after him. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of big Tarantino fans on this podcast. If you uh, if you haven't realized, yeah, I think that <laughs> I don't remember how many movies filled our top tens, but he he easily could have like at least five movies in our in any one of our four top tens. I feel like. All right. Well, we just gushed about Grindhouse for about forty minutes going. Uh, what are, any final thoughts before we uh, call it a day on Grindhouse? Well, you know how people say you're okay in my book, and in my book that's no good. Well, I have to. Well, I have a book, and everybody I ever met goes in that book, and now I have met you, and you're going in the book too. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to file you under chicken shit. <laughs> that's Stuntman Mike doing his best, John Wayne. Yeah, he's actually he sounded just like him. Yeah, actually, Kurt Russell, man, that guy, MVP of the movie, I think. He was probably definitely the best performance out of both both storylines. So, all right, well, uh, thank you, Todd, for being a part of the show today. And now let's go over to the next portion and talk about the Batman. It's always awesome to have Todd on the show, so really appreciate him taking some time out talking about Grindhouse, but we are moving into the next segment that is The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves. He's known for the the Planet of the Apes franchise, the one with starring Andy Serkis. Uh, he did the War of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes movies, some of the two better ones in that franchise as well, and he delivers a really great Batman movie here as well. So let's, let's roll the trailer.
secret friend. Underneath the bridge. Who? Play a game, just me and you. Any of this mean anything to you? You're becoming quite a celebrity. Why is he writing to you? Please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eye? The hell are you supposed to be? This version of Batman stars Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, um, John Turtletore. Um, this version of the Batman stars Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano as the Riddler, Jeffrey Wright as uh, James Gordon. Zoe Kravitz was playing Catwoman, by the way. Peter Skarsgård plays up shows up here. Andy Serkis, Colin Farrell, and John Turturro. All all throws up, uh, all show up in this movie, and I gotta say, uh, you know, we were really hyped for the Batman going in because being, you know, superhero comic book fans, but just really good, good movie fans as well. And I gotta say that Matt Reeves did a hell of a job with this Batman movie. Uh, if you didn't know, it's unmask the truth in the second year of. In his second year of fighting crime, Batman uncovers corruption in Gotham City that connects to his own family while facing a serial killer known as the Riddler. So I think that this is awesome. They don't just give you another origin story of Batman. We've seen that so many times. So this is a Batman who's just in his second year and already uncovering this, this the Riddler character itself. And Paul Dano did a fantastic job. I know we joked about it when we did a deep dive of Batman Forever that Paul Dano wouldn't ever do something like this, but yes, he did. And he went there. He went pretty dark in this one. I really liked the change of the Riddler. The Riddler is kind of does a lot of jokes and stuff like that. And um, obviously Jim Carrey, he did a great job in Batman Forever, but how, there's definitely a darker, sinister turn here. So Paul Dano is definitely a huge standout here. But what Robert Pattinson was able to do, a lot of people gave him crap for being the Twilight guy and that he's not going to be a good Batman. But look at his other filmography, his work, man. He has done so many things over the years that just proves that he, this is such a great casting here. From Tenet, I really liked him in Tenet here, but he did great in Lighthouse. Good Time was another one that he showed up really well and did... Um, here we also have the rover high life uh, remember me was pretty decent uh, he appeared in water for my elephant uh, water for elephants i count some other movies here too but the big standout for me is good time and that was such a traumatic movie from start to finish by the safety brothers uh, but yeah he's such a talented actor so i knew he was going to be doing good but i didn't realize how good he was going to be he's very brutal as this version of batman and we didn't really get to see a whole lot of bruce wayne which i kind of really liked that turn because a lot of films want to take him off the cow off of the character and show bruce wayne a lot more but there's more to him this version of batman we get is something that we've never seen before we get a more brooding character yes but we get a detective batman we never got detective batman before and he's the world-class detective his own right, and we actually get to see this here. So I'm, it makes me really excited to see what happens next in a possible sequel here. 
Uh, but Zoe Kravitz also, I hope she continues as Catwoman. This is another great movie, another film that she's high on my radar for talented actresses. Uh, she did a great job in Kimmy. Now she comes in as plays Catwoman. Uh, Selena Kyle here. I liked her turn and her character here as well. Another very fantastic performance. I wanted to see more of her. I wouldn't be mind seeing a, a Catwoman spinoff uh, from this franchise here. Again, we talked about Paul Dano. He was great. Jeffrey Wright as Gordon. I thought he was uh, good. You know, I, I really I'm still pro Gary Oldman here, but uh, but I think he, I enjoy him a little bit more than J.K. Simmons. Uh, for his Gordon, but Annie Circus is Alfred. We didn't really see a whole lot of him in this movie, but uh, the, the only thing I can really say that kind of was a little tough because we saw this later at night was that it was so long. It's almost three hours long, sitting at 176 minutes. That's not a bad thing by by any means. I just was really late in the night when we eventually got out of it. However, I really liked the slow, methodical, menacing pace and tone that this film had. The runtime, um, yeah, it was. It may have been long, but at the same time, as Avengers Endgame was really long too. But we, I enjoyed the hell out of that one, and that means that for the Batman, I also enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It's as of late, you know. A lot of comic book movies have a lot of jokes in it, and I'm even being a big fan of Marvel. I kind of like to have more grounded reality stories, and the Batman just should not be having a whole bunch of jokes in it. It should not feel like a, um, a Joel Schumacher production or anything like that from the late '90s Batman movies or an Adam West version of Batman. This is the Dark Knight for a reason, and he it goes all in. This is a very uh, interesting take the Batman and I'm all for it. I want to see what Colin Farrell does with the Penguin going forward. I think there's a lot of unopenness there and I think there's a tease near the end of the movie too that they can set up a couple different villains in there. I kind of saw maybe um, I think that was you know I'm not going to spoil it never mind. Um, oh I didn't know this. I was looking at the um, letterbox. Barry Keegan is an unseen Arkham prisoner in here huh? That's interesting. That's uh that's pretty cool. Barry Keegan. Uh, I like that. I love that guy. Anyway, uh, but other than that, though, I don't really have anything crazy to say because I know you guys are going to hear another review from the Almost Sideways podcast, the main show with the guys. But this movie, uh, it's it probably is a four-star movie, but right now I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I want to see this one again and hopefully like it even more. This is my current, my favorite film of 2021. It just edges out Kimmy. Uh, but definitely, it's a, it's a great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it and thoroughly hope you guys go and check it out. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of the, the show today. No spin of the reel because uh, I'm already one behind. I have Mulholland Drive coming up next week. You'll hear Mulholland Drive. Not sure exactly what big movie is coming out next week. I think it's Turning Red um, dropping on Disney+. Plus. I'm not 100% sure if I'll review that one, but I will see it at some point. But anyway, stay tuned next week. Mulholland Drive, first time watch next week. Looking forward to it. Anyway, until next time, I'll see you guys in the next uh, podcast. See you later.